Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for catching the show, whether you're um, uh, hearing it uh, live or you're catching it in archive. Again, welcome. Uh, if you haven't caught any of my past shows, um, I do a monthly column read show, which is what we will do today. I'm going to read um, this month's column. And then I'm going to talk about it uh, in a bit more detail. Um, I don't take live calls uh, during the column read shows um, simply because uh, we we want to kind of stay on, on task, on subject here. Uh, if you're familiar with me, uh, my name again is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional navigational consultant, um, astrologer, numerology. I work with tarot cards, a number of other different types of oracles. I have a home office here in Phoenix where I do private sessions. Uh, with people, we give them insights, uh, as well as phone consultations all across the country. Uh, at this point, I got a good 50% of my clientele is by phone, so uh, it's not you know, a lesser thing to do it that way. If you're interested in any of that, just go to my website at jimventura.com, and you can look at uh, information on setting up a session. Um, I'm also obviously a writer. I do a monthly column that is free. If you're not already getting snake oil monthly, well, I like to say monthly, it's more like about eight or nine times a year in all sincerity. Um, some months I kind of combine two months together. Um, a lot of work to do a column every month. Uh, anyway, that's free. Uh, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com to get added to the newsletter mailing list. Uh, it's blind copied out. So whenever you get your email address or any sales stuff would uh, spring from that, uh, just my column and anything I have in there uh, approximately once a month. Uh, I'm also a writer, a couple of books, um, all those available on Amazon. My first book, Dirty Little Secrets, Snake Oil Volume 1. And I have a non-metaphysical book called uh, The Wise Guy's Guide to Gambling uh, that you can contact me if you want to get a copy of. That's uh, an online book only, but uh, teaching you the basics of uh, gambling easy and well uh, and getting a lot of free stuff. Anyway, uh, that's not a metaphysical book. (laughs) I like to point that out. It's about mathematics. Anyway, that being said, uh, everybody, uh, happy March. Uh, I'm not only going to read the column today and talk a bit about that in some detail, to give you a lot of insight into what we're talking about today, which is the modus operandi. I'm going to take a few minutes of this 45-minute show, but a little bit later on, to talk about the retrograde that's going on, Mercury retrograde in Pisces. I'm going to get that a little bit toward the end of the show, uh, kind of a lot to pack in. In 45 minutes today, but we're going to do our best to accomplish that task. Okay, so we're going to start off here by reading uh, this month's column. If you haven't already read it, um, you can kind of uh, now get uh, some insight into what this is about. Uh, if you already have, good chance to kind of hear this again. Uh, this month's column is actually a column I wrote way back in, I believe, 2013, maybe. Yeah, 2013. Uh, so this is a repeat column. I, I do a couple of those um, a year. Um, and this 2019 Snake Oil Energizer Bunny. I've always been very loyal to my friends and the people I care about. Many friendships have been part of my life for decades now. Consistent commitment is something that is quite natural for me. The majority of friends that I have lost over the years either sabotaged our relationship or wandered away for their own unique reasons that I don't take personally. Life 
people in our lives change, and I comfortably recognize that not every friendship or relationship is meant to last for an entire lifetime. Most of the jobs I've had lasted many years. I have some regular clients that I've consistently worked with for almost two decades now. I've been doing this column since 2003. I currently have over 130 columns. I've been doing navigational consultations for a living for over 25 years now. My skills in this area have grown and become more polished. Some people mistakenly think that I do things this way because I'm stubborn. Stubbornness is a fear of change, and I have no fear of change. I know that change is a natural part of life, and more often than not, the good thing. The truth is, I'm hardwired to be perseverant. If I'm pointed in a specific direction, and I like that direction, I'm a bit like the Energizer Bunny who just keeps going and going. First time I realized I was in perseverance mode was when I was 22. I was studying an amazing series of channel books called the Michael Material. The Michael Material pinpoints how seven different soul ages, life goals, modes, attitudes, chief negative features, and other aspects of human personality operate. All human beings have one of seven types of modus operandi, the way we achieve our goals. Our mode is set at birth, part of our astrology or over leads is the Michael terminology for that. And the way we accomplish things for an entire lifetime. While reading about the seven possible modes, perseverance made the most sense to me. The positive pole of perseverance is persistence. Its negative pole is immutability. After years or so of Michael's study, I was able to pinpoint my specific mode, and I had an actual Michael channeler who reconfirmed this. Even though there are seven different types of modes for accomplishing goals, the most common mode is actually observation. About 55% of the world's population is clarity. The negative pole is surveillance. When an accident or incident on the side of the road occurs, and most drivers have an obsessive need to slow down and make sure they see exactly what has occurred, the further slow down traffic movement illustrates how common this mode is. The sometimes obsessive popularity of television and sporting events are other examples of how widespread this mode is among the general population. One of the benefits of observation mode is that it can slide into any of the other six mo available modes, and perseverance is one of the places it can slide to. The other five modus operandi are caution mode, with its positive pole of deliberation and its negative pole of phobia, power mode, with its positive pole of restraint and its negative pole of inhibition, passion mode, with its positive pole of self-actualization, and its negative pole of identification. Aggression mode with its positive pole of endurance. If you can see yourself sometimes using some or all of the listed modes from time to time, you're probably a person in ambition mode who slides. Perseverance mode is all about staying on track. It's frequently chosen by our self to give one the ability to accomplish long-term goals and to pay off karmic debts. There are some definite perks to having uh, access to this mode. I work out and go to the gym four days a week, even when I don't feel like going. My perseverance mode and tendency to be comfortable with routine overrides my laziness. 
Perseverance has helped me develop a very healthy fit body. When people in perseverance mode to commit to a specific direction, we truly commit. Because perseverance mode enables one to stay on a path, we're able to plow forward through mistakes and learn how to inevitably make less mistakes. We can truly become experts because we dissolve obstacles with repeated efforts. Perseverance mode can seem very much like brave warriors who remain undaunted in the battles of life. We are less likely to give up no matter how difficult something is. Even physical illness will not stop someone in perseverance mode. One of the most common mistakes human beings make is a tendency to give up, quit, or pull back in fear, right as they're about to move to a new level of internal or external success. Perseverance mode gives one the persistence to follow through and not waver. There are some negative aspects to this mode. I know this firsthand. I sometimes get caught in the negative pole and trap of immutability. When I was younger, I stayed in a few unfulfilling and even abusive relationships, even though I was unhappy. I still stayed committed. I held on to jobs for months longer than necessary because even though I was no longer fulfilled, I was both comfortably and uncomfortably used to them. The choo-choo train of perseverance had to stay on track and keep moving even if the track is running off a cliff. While I know that beliefs form a reality, I had difficulty shaking and letting go of negative beliefs, even when I know that they are only leading to unhappiness. Old, unproductive habits can be difficult to let go of with this modus operandi. I've overindulged more than a few times with ice cream and other physical pleasures that taste good, but were not beneficial to me in the long run. I would keep indulging because I just wanted to get rid of it and get it out of the house. Dissolving bad habits can be a challenge when you're in perseverance mode. Thankfully, even with the negative as- pole aspects of this mode, when perseverance leaves a bad relationship or toxic situation behind, it will never return to it. We can choose to commit to a bad observation mode, perseverance, or aggression mode. Aggression mode is able to slide to perseverance as well. Then you'll still benefit by committing to using some perseverance in your life. Commitment can be an extremely attractive quality in relationships, family, and work environments. Perseverance appears to be a type of loyalty that can seem quite chivalrous to others. Proper use of perseverance can lead us to respond to things like a trained athlete who knows when it's time to step up one's efforts and also when it's time to take a needed rest. Wise use of discernment combined with persistence is a powerful combination. Being discerning is knowing when to stop following a path that that is leading to a potential blind alley. When you choose a goal or course of action that has the potential for real success, a dash of of perseverance can help you commit your energizer bunny self to it and keep going and going and going. Okay, so that's the column from uh, originally that I wrote back in October of 2013, so I decided to rerun this because I have never... Uh, I only ran it that one time, and uh, hard to believe that it's over five years ago um, that this was written. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the modus operandi so you guys get a better understanding of what this is about. Um, Now, you know, the Michael teachings that I mentioned in the column, again, great series of books. You know, I think people that are a little bit more on the inclined toward mathematical interests will often find uh, the Michael teachings appealing, you know, can be complicated, um, 
the books were originally written by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. Uh, first book was called, you know, um, Messages from Michael. Second book is Mess- More Messages from Michael. A number of famous authors that are channelers of Michael are uh, Jose Stevens, uh, Joya Pope. Um, you can find a number of these different things online and sites about it also. Um, what, you know, interestingly enough, I can tell you as complicated as the Michael system can be, um, it actually probably in some ways is a little bit easier than astrology, simply because astrology breaks things into patterns of 12, whereas the Michael system breaks things into patterns of 7. So just purely from a mathematical perspective, 7 is easier than 12. <laughs> but, I mean, both systems, of course, can obviously work um, to give you insight. Um, so I, I, I've studied both, of course. I'm an astrologer, and I do see the correlations between them uh, really w- working well. You know, at, at one level or another. Same, also another area of study for me is numerology, and I can see where that correlates to in, in those terms as well. So, you know, uh, multiple layers to this stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, though, what the modus operandi is, give you a little more insight into that. So, again, as I kind of had mentioned in the piece, part of your wiring when you're born is you were born with a goal, um, and, and, you know, this is a larger goal, um, in terms of the way you, you know, w- what you strive to achieve. Then, of course, you have a modus operandi, which is the way that you get to the goal, your natural way of being. Uh, the modus operandi is probably the most noticeable physical thing about a person, by the way, um, because of it, you know, again, it, it's the mode. It's the way that we get to a goal. Then, of course, you have an attitude, which is the way you view life, um, and then, there are other factors that have to do with centering, whether emotionally centered, intellectually centered, moving centered. There are chief negative features. Those are more acquired later that act as obstacles. All that, we're not going to get into today. We're going to talk largely about the modus operandi because it gives you some good in this perseverance mode and, and its value that way too. So, like I mentioned in the piece, um, whereas goals and attitudes are, uh, are divvied up in, in different mathematical ca- calculations among people. The interesting about the modus operandi is the most common, as I mentioned, the piece is about 50-55% of the population is in observation mode. Um, again, like I had said, I've always sort of noticed this as a person who's a natural observer in terms of the way that I'm wired anyway. Um, I kind of get this. Uh, the fact that, that most people are in observation mode or a good chunk of the population is. Um, again, it's positive pole is clarity. So, you know, the way you get to a goal is by observing things and, and gaining clarity and making decisions. Um, it's negative pole, of course, is surveillance. Uh, you know, in case you're not really familiar with what surveillance is, that's like sort of almost watching something obsessively. In a way, I had a brother who went through a very difficult breakup in his in his uh, mid thirties, uh, had some issues with his wife being unfaithful, and I remember him looking at her cell phone bills, pulling them out of the garbage because she was hiding them, and various other stuff. This, okay, guys, that would be an example of surveillance, um, where you're just paying too much damn attention, in a way, and and being compulsive about it. Uh, the thing about uh, observation mode that has real value is it can slide to any of the other six modus operandi. So you might be a person in observation mode and you sometimes slide to perseverance or you sometimes slide to caution mode. Um, most people are going to have one or two favorite landing spots 
Um, if you're in observation mode, although, again, that your primary mode is going to be observation. It's just that you will sometimes slide into some of these other modes to get things done. Uh, observation mode is more about observation, so it is less physically active than some of the other modes, which are obviously more physically active. That's where the sliding can So, as I mentioned, the piece, if you see yourself in a couple of different spots, you're probably in observation and ultimately are uh, you know, a slider in that sense into some of these other positions. Uh, so let's talk about some of these other modes. Um, again, a lot of them are less common. Uh, smaller percentages of people have these modes. Um, I'll use these as some of these examples um, uh, that are, are pretty key. Uh, I, I certainly know people. I've got family members in some of the different modes. So um, we mentioned, obviously, observation. We'll talk a little bit more about perseverance in a bit. But there is caution mode. Again, I reiterate, caution mode has its positive pole as being deliberate and its negative pole of phobia. So people in caution mode tend to be very, very methodical. Uh, the sister in caution mode, and I remember once that we, we had entered a rent-a-car, and it took her like 25 minutes to like check everything in the car, every mirror, everything to make sure it was going to be driving correctly. She had to know where things were. You know, someone in a more aggressive mode might just sort of start the car and freaking go. No, my sister had to really methodically check <laughs> everything, you know, what how the lights worked, you know. You know, to me, that's caution mode. It's deliberate in a positive sense. I, you know, you could make a model airplane possibly, whereas I might smash it, you know, <laughs> and not have the patience to necessarily do that, not being in caution mode. Second pole is always phobia. And so when you go through hurt or difficulty if you're in caution mode, you can sometimes become phobic in a way where it can take you a really long time to sort of get back on the proverbial horse, um, if ever. Uh, um, if you're caught in the negative poles, um, you can really be phobic in a way that you might, that certain things you might not ever do again, or it might take you 10 years before you do that again. Um, that is the nature of caution. Power mode uh, has its positive pole as authority and its negative pole as oppression. Uh, very interesting. I have a sister. One of my older sisters of four sisters is uh, in power mode. Uh, she's Capricorn also, so that I think can kind of work well. Um, positive pole of authority, you know, she's very successful. She's been a nurse. She um, has got multiple degrees. She's done very well in life. In fact, my father uh, made her executor of my mother's will. Very rightly so, because my sister has this sort of strength, authority, confidence in that way to handle and, and take care of things. Um, it's negative pole, though, of course, is oppression. So you can find people in power mode being sometimes oppressive in a way, almost energetically, about getting their way or how they're necessarily going to do something. Um, they, they can be strong-willed in that sense. Um, that is one of the results of, you know, again, the negative pole of, of, uh, of, of, of this mode, of course, a power mode, is to be oppressive, sometimes without even realizing that you're doing it in that respect. Uh, reserve mode has its positive pole as restraint and its negative pole as inhibition. You know, people in reserve mode often are sort of kind of naturally classy in a way, um, not cautious, it's more like, um, think of a ballerina. Think of someone um, who is uh, really um, an excellent, quieter chef. Um, 
people with this modus operandi are usually not showy and and you know uh, loud in in any way. Uh, it's more about having sort of a restraint, the ability to move you to move uh, you know in in a controlled way uh, and very purposefully. I worked in a French restaurant years ago when I was in my 30s, and the uh, owner's wife was in restraint mode, Lily, and she was a very um, classy woman, um, but definitely restrained. Her husband was definitely not in restraint. He flipped out many a time. Uh, she was the one who kind of held it together in that, that way that people in restraint can do. The second polo is inhibition, and sometimes there's sort of an over-restraint um, that can come up with people in this mode. They can get you know, very fearful about sometimes trying new things, going out of the range of what is normal to them, and even potentially inhibited about it. Passion mode has its positive pole of self-actualization and its negative pole of identification. I dated someone years ago with this modus operandi, people in, in passion mode. Let me give an example of someone famous, who unfortunately I was deceased. Robin Williams would be a great example of someone in passion mode. Um, they can be very lively and intense and noticeable um, and really who they are uh, in such a, a very profound kind of a way. It can be a very um, obviously passionate, kind of attractive energy toward the things that, that matter to them and with a lot of you know, confidence in becoming self-actualized to what it is that they want to do. The negative pole of self-actualization is identification. Um, and what that means is identifying, it means like, for instance, my ex was an artist. And and if if there was a painting that people didn't like, um, the response would often be that you're not rejecting the painting or something that, you're, that, I, that I did. You're also rejecting me. And that would be a very personalized sort of sense of, of, of taking things too personally. Um, that's, you know, again, a lot of artists, not surprisingly, maybe in passion mode, it can work very well that way. But identification is, is misconstruing what you did with who you are. So um, it can be a very uncomfortable place. All the negative poles, by the way, are uncomfortable places. Obviously, they're the negative poles. They, they're triggered by fear. Then it's aggression mode with its positive pole of being dynamic and its negative pole of being belligerent. Um, I have a good buddy of mine, wife, who's also my friend, is in, in uh, aggression mode. Uh, she can be very charismatic, uh, very, very strong. She affects a lot of people. She has a lot of very dynamic ideas uh, as a creative person that she wants to do. Um, she's really, um, uh, she's, got, she's got a lot of energy and, and enthusiasm and excitement that could come up about things. Uh, it's negative is belligerence. So, you know, the uh, this this modus operandi is very physical and dynamic. People respond to it. Um, uh, the negative pole belligerence is, you know, kind of pushing and pushing towards something, even if someone is resisting it in that sense, uh, for fear that you have to convert them, you've got to sell them. Uh, needless to say, a lot of very successful and possibly even pain in the ass um, salespeople can be <laughs> in question mode. It can work very well. Of course, in this negative pole, it can be, be a little obnoxious. So those are the modes that are, you know, again, divvied up a little less kind of so in, in terms of numbers than observation mode. Um, perseverance mode, what this piece was usually about, like I said, I, I caught that for myself rather quickly. Um, 
you know, sometimes, again, like I had said, the peace people misconstrue my perseverance for being stubborn, how I'll stay on something. But I got to tell you, I used the working out as an example. I mean, I started doing that when I was like 16 or 17, and I'm 54 years old now, and, 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 and pretty damn buff and in and, 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 and fairly good shape. Never good enough to tell you what I want to be, because that's just the body dysmorphia that goes with just about anybody who works out. It takes care of itself. But as I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty healthy in that context. Um, it's not that difficult for me to, to make myself go to the gym four days a week. It, it just isn't. Again, I can have a bad day, and I, I still get in the car and I go. It's just because that's kind of what I do. Um, that's that perseverance mode, uh, that persistence. When I was younger, I, I loved having sodas and iced tea and juices and things. And I remember when I was about 21, 22, kind of deciding that if I was going to take calories in, I didn't want to take them in the form of liquid so much anymore. And where a lot of people might switch to diet sodas, I couldn't do that because it's nasty to me. I hate all kinds of fake sugar. Ooh. Not my thing. Gross, gross, gross. You know, good for you if you like it. For me, no way in hell I'm touching that stuff. I can't stand the taste of it. So for me, I had to just kind of push my way into just drinking water. So that way if I was going to have some quote-unquote bad, it would be like, you know, you have a piece of cheesecake once in a while or chocolate or, I mean, like, yeah, I'm definitely no saint. I eat. Um, I just don't want calories in, in, in liquid. So weirdly enough, I mean, I rarely have a soda or a juice. It's pretty rare. If I do, it's a small amount, maybe once or twice a week. Um, I do drink tea and, and, and coffee. Tea, I put a little bit of honey in it, maybe lemon. Um, coffee, I just put a drop of milk in, no, no sugar whatsoever. Otherwise, for the most part, honestly, probably 85% of my, 90% of my liquid intake is just water. Uh, the only thing that quenches my thirst. I don't drink much alcohol once in a while. But um, I just like water, weirdly enough. And people think that's very strange when I'm in bars. I'll have a drink, and then I'll have, like, a bottle of water, maybe two bottles of water, then I might have another drink, and then another bottle of water, and then the night is over. Uh, one, it decreases about how drunk you get. But two, it means it, it's healthier. But, again, it's something I crave. But that was something I kind of persevered my way into, interestingly enough. So, um, like I mentioned, the negative thing with perseverance you know, the negative can be that you, like sometimes you'll stay in jobs, relationships, situations because you're just loyal to it. Like that's what you do. Um, and, and that can be uh, obviously a very good thing by a lot of people's standards because it can, it can feel very loyal. Um, I sort of see that with people sometimes. I can appear very chivalrous almost in a way. Um, that I don't know if I'm really chivalrous as much as, again, is sort of a way I do things that's fairly reliable. Um, I think that I maybe missed, I think I screwed up maybe two appointments with clients in like 27 years where I messed it up and wasn't here or messed up the time or something. Like, that's really rare for me. I'm pretty on the ball about doing things that I say I'm going to do. Um, so, I mean, that was even a big decision that I made last year about not doing 12 columns a year and cutting them down to eight or nine. Because I was so, again, my modus operandi, like you, you have to kind of pop a column out every month, no matter what. It's part, it's marketing. It's what people have asked me to do. It's what I do. And I just finally started realizing, like, this is a lot of work that I'm clearly not getting paid for. I love doing it, so I'm going to continue to. But I can do a January, February column, and then March, and then April, and May, and then June, July column. And so I kind of started changing that. that. That took a lot for me to do it. And I've been doing the monthly thing since, like, 2003. Look at how long that is 
in terms of consistency uh, for a job I'm not get paid for. But that's just the way that perseverance tends to kind of be. The mutability part is, yeah, I mentioned that. I've stayed in, you know, bad relationships longer than I should have. I sometimes stayed at jobs a little longer. It's something I learned a long time ago when, like, when you experience the, the occasional, you know, storm that comes your way in terms of, uh, you know, a bad thing happening at work or a job or relationship, I started realizing that a lot of times we unconsciously create those things because we are supposed to change tracks. And sometimes we need a really hard shove in order to do that. And it would be great if as human beings we all made decisions about our growth and our evolution happily and joyfully and choosing positive things. But if we're honest with ourselves, many of us have left jobs or relationships because somebody pissed us off. Someone hurt us and they did it enough times that we finally got out of there. Uh, so I always try to ask some of my clients when I talk to them about that too, to keep that in mind. There is a value in adversity sometimes. should hopefully teach you to create less adversity. But listen, we're human beings. Sometimes we need a little proverbial energetic smack to move us from one spot to another. Um, and that is one of the obstacles that, that again, can come up with this mode, um, it's negative pole, again, is immutability and a tendency sometimes to stay on something uh, because it's what we know and, and we're loyal to it. It's what we do, even if we're not having fun anymore. We're kind of sticking to it because it's, it's kind of, again, it's a modus operandi. All of the, without getting into all the detail about this right now, all of the modes are also paired. So in other words, uh, perseverance mode is paired with, um, with, uh, with a, uh, sorry, about, uh, with, um, why, am I, why is my, my mind drawing a blank right now? With aggression mode. They're paired, meaning people in perseverance can slide to aggression from time to time, and people in aggression can slide to perseverance from time to time. So other than the observation mode, which is solo and can slide to any of them, all the other modes are paired. So power mode, uh, since it's caution mode, is paired with power mode. Uh, reserve mode is paired with passion mode. So, you know, an interesting way of understanding this is if you're in the negative pole of your mode, you can slide to your paired uh, paired mode, the positive pole of that, often to get out of the negative pole that you're in. So, you know, again, there's a lot more to that, but I'll just mention that briefly here that, you know, most people, unless, again, you're in observation mode, which can slide to almost all of them or all of them, uh, you tend to kind of have a pairing in the way you're wired. Um, my ex, who was in uh, years ago that I was dating for a couple of years, who's in um, in, uh, in passion mode, that was fun. That was exciting. But it's very different from my mode of, of, of perseverance. And it, it kind of rubbed, it rubbed against each other in that sense. It wasn't, a, you know, it was appealing at first to me. And then, honestly, a lot of ways it became annoying. It was just too much um, for me. Uh, it was like, just slow down, chill. Um, too much excitement, enthusiasm, and energy, you know, and, 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 and the perception of someone with me that's not in perseverance can be like, this guy's like the, you know, the boring choo-choo train on the track, you know what I mean? You, you want to stay home on Tuesday night and watch TV. That's a pattern that you got into. Other people would find that delightful, my ex, and some people might not. So I completely understand that. That's one of the things that's great about the Michael teachings and a similar way to astrology. When you understand the differences in human behavior or patterning, it does get you 
to understand why you can get along better with certain people. People with similar modes, goals, attitudes, of course, are going to align more so, where sometimes there's a rubbing that can occur when that person's mode or goal or attitude is so different from your own that, again, initially often it's exciting, and then after time it could be, again, kind of annoying because it's not um, in alignment with the way that you're wired. So again, it never becomes an issue about somebody doing it wrong, because as I mentioned the piece, and I'll really, really reiterate this point, the wiring of your goal, your mode, your attitude is really set uh, when you're born uh, through your astrology and other factors. So you can't really change them anyway, nor would you want to. You set them for a reason in that sense. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't make choices in life, um, if you're in perseverance mode, you can be passionate about something sometimes. But it's not going to be your natural sort of place of being. Uh, you know, I get very excited when I'm getting ready to go to a Vegas trip every two months like I do, but not in the way someone in passion mode would. We're talking about it and really excited about it and going into tremendous detail. I mean, I could, I'm, I'm excited, but really, like, you're not going to see my face lighting up like someone in passion mode might be, or someone in, in aggression mode might be selling everyone their friends on going to. I don't do that. I ask my friends if they want to go. Most of the time they're too dumb to take advantage of my free rooms and all the other stuff that I get. They don't go. I don't care. I'm still going anyway. You know what I mean? But I don't have that, you know, perseverance mode can seem a lot more loyal and consistent and less about, you know, intense energy at one level or another. So, you know, you we tend to look very much like our modes, you know, in that respect. People in restraint mode often have, like I call it, a very dignified, refined energy about them in that sense. Uh, people in observation mode are paying attention to everything all the time, way more than, than I necessarily will uh, in that respect. So the modes really can feel very physical. So wherever you're at, um, you know, a, a little perseverance can be a value. As I've mentioned this before, many people I've noticed when they're on the threshold of some type of success or change or thing that they've been working toward will sometimes sabotage that and um, end up kind of backtracking in a way or stopping right before they're able to kind of move to that next level. Um, those things are you know, not uncommon. Um, when fear comes up at, at, at one level or another, or you know, you're exhausted or you're tired or you've worked so hard on something that you begin to doubt it at one level or another. Or you know, for a lot of us, it's just something internal about having difficulty with receiving. Um, if you, one thing I know that I always say is if I decide on something, um, it may take me weeks, days, months, years before I get to it, but I'll get to it almost without question the gifts of perseverance mode is I'll stay on it. But it is a lot about deciding on it and then, um, you know, going through the process of eliminating obstacles. Um, I had a, uh, I'm going to write about this. Uh, I have started taking notes on it. Probably won't be told my May or June column. Um, my next month's column is about Hathor's Mirror, which is really interesting about the goddess of, of beauty and, and the energy of Hathor's Mirror for next month. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm writing about, you know, I had gone through a very difficult illness in um, in, in January of this year. And, and as someone who doesn't get sick very often, uh, it was pretty brutal. I had an intestinal issue going on with my lower intestines. And it was really a, an ordeal in a lot of ways. Um, I used acupuncture and herbs largely to heal it. And I can say with um, tremendous uh, 
honesty that I'm like 90% better. Um, I, you know, I don't just, you know, work on healing an illness. I want a cure. I want it gone. So I'm pretty adamant about that. Uh, so I've had a lot of progress with this. Uh, but that being said, I recognized during the process that there were obviously physical things going on, but it really had a lot to do with a lot of energy um, repressed and collected up from issues with my mother when I was younger. Um, I was taking a lot of baths when I was sick because my body hurt and being in the bathtub was like the only thing that felt good in a way. Um, and even when I was in the bathtub, it was like I was feeling like I was retreating into the womb, into the water, um, you know, had, uh, again, the issues with, with mom and all kinds of stuff that had surfaced that needed to be healed. But that had also had something to do with the goal that I had set in 2018 that I'm working toward. And I needed to go through a process of forgiving my mother, understanding this repressed anger. Um, so weirdly enough, the illness was part of that goal. It's just I didn't realize how blocked up I was, both physically and energetically, around that particular subject. So that's why I mentioned that one of the values of perseverance is, you know, someone else might get sick and that would stop them from pursuing the goal. Uh, whereas for me, no, I, I'm going to stay on it even more. I'm recognizing that this is something that had to be moved out of my psyche, out of my body, out of my energy field, out of my belief system in order for me to achieve the goal that I had set in motion, that this is ultimately what had been blocking me. So again, I'll be writing about this in a lot more detail. It's a really fascinating thing. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of insight from uh, about your own uh, self-healing and the things of that nature as well. Um, but uh, the perseverance mode is one of those things that kind of keeps me you know, on it. You know, when I was younger, I had a lot of issues with allergies and sinus stuff and, you know, studying herbs and acupuncture and, and various other things and understanding the emotional, psychological, spiritual reasons behind it have left me in a position where I have maybe all the 15% of the um, illness in me at all. And it's largely gone. Um, again, going against the grain of, of, of traditional logic that if you've got allergies, you're always going to have them. But no, I figured a lot about what was going on kind of emotionally and, and psychologically and, and that has, over the years, and that has helped uh, tremendously. Um, okay, so yeah, I do, I recommend a little perseverance. Again, unless you're in, you know, restraint mode or one of these other uh, modes that can, maybe uh, perseverance can seem a little hard to get to, but if you're in observation mode, like a good 55% of the population, good chance what you're hearing today is a value to you knowing that you can persevere. And even if you're not in observation you can do a little perseverance. It is. It's about understanding the need to kind of know when to keep your yourself, um, you know, be that choo-choo train, that energizer bunny that keeps going and going. Okay. Running out of time here. You know, I, I've had a couple people jump in uh, with calls. My apologies, guys. I don't take um, live calls. Um, I wish I could. It's just if people are asking questions about the subject we were talking about, I just have found that most of the live calls are people wanting kind of mini readings. And um, it's not that I don't actually enjoy doing that. I used to do that years ago and it was fun. But um, it's not really of interest most of the time to the listeners because it's much more personalized as opposed to what I can get out by this information. Um, so if you're really looking to get a reading, go to my website, jimventuri.com, contact me. Um, I'm, I'm pretty reasonably priced in the normal market range of people in the field. 
and you can get insight that way. Okay, we've got about four minutes left in the show. I wanted to mention something else entirely out of the blue. We are in a Mercury retrograde in Pisces right now. I wanted to kind of get to this. Um, Mercury retrograde, Mercury rules how we communicate, how we think, how we express ourselves. It goes backwards about three times a year. It doesn't physically go backwards. It's just in a, it's a, something in a, that's observed from Earth's orbit. It looks like it goes back, backwards. Uh, that being said, it does affect us. All planets go retrograde. Mercury is a biggie, so when it does its retrograde motion, you know, the classic stuff is screwed up communication, re-looking at things, re-evaluating, going back over old issues, um, anything to do with communication, get, get it thrown in a way. Um, so uh, this particular one, though, is right in the heart of Pisces. So I want to give you a little quick insight on this because Mercury and Pisces could mean, like, you're going to go through a process. This gets more specific if you look at the house and, and the planets. So you have natally in Pisces, by the way. Um, if you're not even Pisces, you've got Pisces somewhere in your chart. So that being said, the house will show the area of life this is likely to be affecting you with. But as a general rule of thumb, um, Pisces rules compassion, understanding, um, selflessness, um, trust, faith, uh, seeing God in everyone and everything. Pisces can be where we can sometimes be self-defeating. Um, if you look at other elements of Pisces, there can be issues to larger institutions, things that we're connected to, the urge to retreat, um, 12th house is correlated with Pisces. It can have to do with secret enemies, things that can represent our own undoing or a connection to larger things by playing and working in the background. So, again, short amount of time, I can go into this a lot more detail. Maybe I'll do a separate show on this if I'm able to, although uh, probably that could be likely. Uh, this retrograde ends on the 28th, by the way. It started about a week and a half ago. So 28th is month. It, it'll finish its, its run that way. Um, so just a general thing, some with, with Pisces stuff, here it is, guys. You're going to go through a process in a way where, you know, you're looking at boundaries, where you give selflessly, where you might be doing that too much, where you might need to do it more. Um, it can feel like a very convoluted time, especially if you're an air sign or a fire sign. This water energy can throw us a bit. I'm a fire sign in terms of sun. If you're a water sign, it could bring up a lot of good old uh, patterns emotionally that you need to resolve or look at similar to water signs, uh, I mean to air, uh, earth signs, can find this not as particularly difficult as air and, and, and fire signs might. Um, but it can feel like you gotta, you're being asked to kind of trust and have faith, even if the tangible evidence isn't necessarily in your face. And that can be a little uncomfortable. Um, this is a good time to look for signals and clues from your guides, uh, repeated number patterns, uh, messages, signals, uh, gifts, seeing feathers, finding coins, um, seeing, you know, 11, 11 on the clock, things of that nature. That's often sort of a way your spirit guides your higher self, your angels are telling you they're with you or guiding you in a way even if you can't understand what happening. That's one of the things about the Pisces energy that took me a long time to understand uh, about the Pisces stuff in and of itself. It can feel a little convoluted um, and contrary if you're not Pisces. If you're Pisces, you can totally get it make total sense to you, well, reasonably so. <laughs> so it's about knowing when to retreat, when to have faith, um, and, and when to trust. But, again, sometimes that can also be looking at, um, you know, um, your boundaries and yourself. Okay. Uh, they're prompting me to end the show here. So, uh, again, I could go on about this, and I'm sure I got everyone's uh, 
ideas peaked on this for good reason. Uh, again, you can always uh, set up an astrology session with me to set up um, and look at where Pisces is in your natal chart to understand this uh, more fully, or do research on your own online um, and in other places. Uh, anyway, okay, so finishing up today's show. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Um, if you're not already getting my column, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com to get the free column. Include your birthday because I do a birthday promotion once a year for discounted sessions for your birthday, so it's good to throw, throw your birthday at me. I have that on the list. Um, information about sessions can be found at JimVentura.com. My books, all that other good stuff. All at JimVentura.com. Uh, thanks for me today, everyone. Uh, we'll be back uh, in early April with two shows, uh, a column read show and also a prosperity show that we do from time to time. So happy upcoming spring to everyone, and we'll catch you all next time. Cheers.